Hi, this is Dave of Fatalist Podcast, and you're listening to another episode of Take 5. Back in the pre-internet days, I actually read books with a certain degree of regularity. Science fiction for the most part, and when I was reading, I made a point of seeking out books that the critics felt were must-reads. You know the lists. 100 sci-fi books to read before you're abducted by aliens and no longer have access to paper. Well, since I switched over to the electronic mediums, I've tried to do the same thing. I've already talked about two TV series I missed and have a number still to discuss, but I've done the same thing with film, even though I'm not a serious film buff. Attention span and all that, I guess. Over the past few years, I've run across a film called District 9 several times in top film lists, on the cable guide, whatever, but the description never really grabbed me enough, so I just moved on. But when I noticed it was going to be on one night last week, I set the DVR and figured I'd finally get to see it. Well, the aliens have come to Earth, but they haven't come to invade. In fact, when their spaceship hovers over Johannesburg with no movement, eventually the Earthlings go up to the ship, cut their way in, and find aliens sick and dying. They bring them down to Earth, put them in refugee camps that make most metropolitan city ghettos look like Beverly Hills. Eventually, the aliens are forced to move because the human neighbors don't want them nearby. Sound familiar? I'm not that keen on message movies, but I do find it interesting that the last two films I've seen, both in the last week as a matter of fact, have dealt with prejudice, hatred, and xenophobia. Hard to believe that as big a baseball historian I consider myself to be that I only just now got around to watching 42, the tale of Jackie Robinson's struggle-breaking baseball's color barrier during the 1947 season. But back to District 9. On the one hand, it was refreshing to have the aliens show up on our doorstep, unable to launch a global invasion, rife with death rays and high-end technology that our best and brightest could only marvel at. Made in Johannesburg, the film presents the bleak conditions that the aliens are forced to endure, and in much the same way as humans react when faced with similar situations, crime, violence, and brutality become the norm rather than the exception. Obviously, this is a tie-in to the conditions that existed during apartheid in South Africa. I want to keep this relatively spoiler-free, so let's just say that one man's humanity is questioned and his transformation, both physical and emotional, plays a huge role in the film's story arc. Producer Peter Jackson, who you may know from a series of small films he made, uh, Lord of the Rings or something like that, brought Neil Blomkamp and a stable of actors that most of us aren't going to recognize on board to weave a dark and disturbing tale that was nominated for four Academy Awards in 2010, including Best Picture. But this is not a pretty film. It's not a slick film. You're not going to feel good at the end, and you most likely won't be certain how to react to the film's final scene. There's a lot of action, some cool special effects, especially with the weapons, but it's about humans being inhuman and aliens bearing the brunt. So if you're looking for something thought-provoking, give District 9 a look. Now, I'm sure every podcast you've been listening to these days has discussed the recently completed San Diego Comic-Con to some degree or another. We've, in fact, posted links to some panels of interest on the website, but I want to briefly address the topic of spoilers. You've probably heard me state before that not only am I anti-spoiler, I go out of my way to avoid being spoiled. I don't watch episode previews at the end of a show. I don't want any ideas about what's going to happen next week. And I hate shows that begin with a montage of what we're going to see in that week's episode. I mean, what's that all about? If we don't know what's going to be in the show, what, we might turn the channel? One of my favorite genre shows presently is NBC's Revolution, and I was 
excited to learn they were going to be at San Diego Comic-Con, and even more excited when I saw the quality of the panel posted on YouTube. And when I say quality, I'm referring to the audio-video quality, not what the panelists were actually saying. I'm not a big fan of ass-kissing on these panels. You know what I mean. Male lead actor explains what a privilege it is to work with female lead actor, and the director just knows how to draw out emotions he didn't know he possessed. All right, that's bad enough. But Revolution's Eric Kripke committed the unpardonable sin as far as I'm concerned. And if you want to remain spoiler-free, stop listening now because you're going to be able to figure out what it is I'm talking about. Season 1 ended on a huge, and when I say huge, I mean huge, you get the idea, huge cliffhanger. Well, at San Diego Comic-Con, he told the audience what the outcome of the cliffhanger was. Really? Are you effing kidding me? Now, I'm still going to watch the show, but was that really necessary? Well, the upside is I did get to see Tracy Spiridakos, which is always a good thing. And one last point that I don't want you to mistake for a rant, because even though I know it's totally implausible, for this I'm willing to suspend my disbelief. In the post-apocalyptic shows that I currently love, Revolution and Falling Skies, even though the characters are constantly on the run from aliens and bad guys, Charlie and Maggie's hair always looks amazing. Their clothes are filthy, but their locks look great. Until next time, this has been Dave, and you're listening to Fatalist Take 5. <laughs>